your love, hearing your love, set a fire down in my soul that can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Welcome everyone, including our guests. We have a nursery available for children two and under. Tonight we have um, Spanish service tonight at 6 p.m. Pastor Brown will be preaching. We also have the adult fe fellowship classes at 6 p.m. today. On Wednesday, May 25th at 7.30, there will be no midweek Bible study. Instead, we will have the Spanish service. It will be held on Wednesday at 7.30. May 26th through the, the, through the 29th, we will have revival services with Reverend Aaron and Sister Jessica Wright. On Thursday night at 7.30, we will be um, holding the service. On Friday, there will be no service. Saturday evening at 5 p.m., there will be a special men's and ladies session. And on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we will have the morning service. Please come and enjoy those services, revival services. Amen. Sunday, May 29th at 2 p.m., we will have the Memorial Day picnic at Padreski Park in Plainville, Connecticut. Bring your own food. We will be having, um, the, there will be grills available there. 
come and join us. Um, registration for youth and junior camps is open. It's all online this year, so you want to get it done as soon as possible. There are payment plans available. There's options for that. On June 2nd to the 4th, it will be the Northeast Prophecy Conferences. You do not want to miss this revival conferences that is helping us break ground for greater harvest in the Northeast. Please go to the prophecynortheast.org for registration. We need help with um, registration. If you want to help with the registration, you will receive a coupon code for 5% off the registration. 50? 50? <laughs> Amen. Oh, there's, there's a little typo. So not five. 50% off the registration. Amen. If you want to have more information about that, you can see um, Pastor Brown and Sister Marie Brown. Amen. And they can help you with that. We have several ways to give your tithes and offerings. If you need to go electronically, please go to our website at www mbupc.org or you can give through our church app on tightly just search the Pentecost of New Britain it would be much okay it would be much appreciated if you cover the fees charged by tightly they do have a little charge when you do it through um, tightly amen if you have a special prayer request of no song or know someone who does please send an email to prayer at mbupc.org if someone has a special need, such as hospital visit, meals prepared, or just a special encouragement, send an email to care at mbupc.org. These are all the announcements. We also want to wish a happy birthday to our Pastor Brown. That's my announcement. Happy birthday. Amen. I had to say it. Happy birthday, Pastor. We appreciate you. Amen. And let's have some church today. Amen. Brother Rosa with the word. Good morning, everyone. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord again. Uh, baby and wife are doing great. He is keeping us young. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. God is good all the time. It is customary to stand for the reading of the word. If you can, if you can't, due to a disability, that's okay. We are going to be reading Romans 5, verses 1 through 3. Romans 5, verses 1 through 3. And this is what the first verse tells us. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is through faith that we are justified and therefore have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith. So what gives us access? Faith. Faith gives us access into this grace wherein we stand. So are you standing because of the faith that you have in grace through Christ Jesus to have peace with God? Yes, Lord. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. We should be glorying in tribulation. 
We are in the palm of his hand. No man can pluck us out of his hand. Stay under the shadow of the Almighty. And everything is going to be okay. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Don't run off when things get bad. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to the body of Christ. Stay connected. Call someone. Let someone know. It is the devices of the adversary to try to discourage you from staying with the Almighty. Don't let them do that to you. We need each other. After Jesus gave his disciples power, he still sent them out in twos. He didn't send them out one by one. You need someone by your side. You need someone by your side. Let us praise and worship him this morning for who he is. In Jesus' name. He's awesome. 
Amen. Hallelujah. He's my counselor. He's my healer. Amen. Fill in the blank. He is it. Hallelujah. My God is an awesome God. Hallelujah. We serve. Hallelujah. An awesome God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Whatever it is. Amen. God is it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's the answered prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus is it. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise you. What an awesome God we serve, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When he rolls up his sleeves, the angels putting on the wrists. Our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. And the reason was the reason that he shed his blood. His return is very close, so you better be believing. God is an awesome God.
spoke into the darkness and created the light. Our God is an awesome God. Judgment and wrath he poured on the Son of Mercy and grace he gave us to the cross. I hope that we have not quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Oh, our God is an awesome God. He reigns an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you thankful for an awesome God? Hallelujah. He's not just some sort of little one-hit wonder or upstart deity, but He is God. Hallelujah. He is God Almighty. Hallelujah. There's nobody like unto Him in heaven or in earth or in all the universe. Our God is a mighty God for whom there is nothing impossible and nothing too hard. Hallelujah. When He does roll up his sleeves he's not just putting on the ritz he's not just playing around he's not joking around when God gets ready to stretch forth his hand he rolls up his sleeves and he bears his mighty right arm and no man can stop it when God begins to work God will work and who shall let it the scripture says listen when God decides to move nobody can stop it they might try to stop it but they can't stop it in the name of Jesus I worship you Jesus I worship my awesome God, my mighty God. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You, you may be seated for a couple of moments. The atmosphere is ripe with faith right now. And we have determined that we are going to make room for our young people. And this is the Sunday that... We do what we call stir. And I'm so grateful for the young people who have decided that they wanted to step up to the plate and allow God to take them and do great things through them. And so we're excited this morning to have Micah, Brother Micah Brown coming. And God has given him a message and I want you to give him your attention. Amen. God is going to speak through this young man today. 
as he comes. Why don't we stretch forth our hand and let's pray for Micah right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Touch Micah this morning, Lord. God, give him boldness and give him courage right now. We're not going to despise his youth, oh God, but we're going to recognize your hand upon him and the anointing that is upon him. I pray, God, that you touch him, that you move through him, and that you speak through him right now in the name of Jesus. Micah, would you give us what God has given you? Praise the Lord. How is everybody? Great. Uh, I believe what God has given me today is for everyone. Man, this is crazy. Didn't think it was going to be this bad. Um, um, please, everybody, turn your Bibles to John 9-11, and if you would stand for the reading of the word. Bear with me, my phone is broken, so my notes are terrible. Um, And the Bible reads, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. God has a way of using the things in our lives that we wouldn't give a second thought about. But he also uses the things that, whether good or bad, we think about them every day. And some of the things we can't even... We don't even want to mention them to others. We don't want them to know about what we've done or what has happened in the past to us, what we said, what we've done. But God knows. And God allowed them to happen. He He didn't do them, but he allowed them to happen in your life so that it would make you into the person you are today. God, whether you like it or not, can use them and will use them if you decide to give them to him. God's will for you has, is greater than you can imagine. And all the things in your life that have happened to you are to fulfill that will. And God can use the things that you wouldn't think he would be able to use. But he can't use them. He can't use them the way he wants to use them, at least, through you if you don't give them to him. God can't help others the way he wants to help others through you if you can't let God use the things he wants to use through you to help others. God's ways are higher than our ways. And God knows all things. So if God asks you to do something, or 
if God asks you not to do something, even though it may seem like it's the right thing to do, don't do it or do it. God has a way of using the craziest things that you can even imagine. God used the lad's meal to feed 5,000 men, not including the women and children. So imagine what he can do with your testimony, with the worst thing that has ever happened to you, God can use that to his advantage to help his kingdom grow. But you have to be willing to share what God has allowed to happen in your life to help others. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. God can use even the thing that you barely can remember to help somebody to come to Christ. Amen. You can help somebody to grow in Christ. God loves every detail about you. And no matter how you feel about it, how you feel about yourself, if you give yourself and all the things that have happened to you in your life to God, he can and will use it for his benefit. Amen. God loves you. God cares for you. He wouldn't do anything to hurt you. So why be afraid? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done in these people's lives. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Lord Jesus, I give it all to you. I give everything I have to you. I give the worst thing that's happened to me to you. And I give the best thing that's happened to me to you. Lord Jesus, use everything about me to help others, to help them to come to you. Lord Jesus, help us to respond to your word. Give us the strength and the courage and the boldness to preach your word to all. Give us love and give us compassion for others. Use us in the way you want to use us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Holy Ghost, amen, to find, to find Jesus, hallelujah, where he is at, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, we want to feel your heartbeat, Jesus, hallelujah, and what you want in our lives, we worship you, we praise you, and we thank you, Jesus, hallelujah.
don't see it, he's working. When I don't feel it, never stops, he never stops working. Never stop, he never stop working. He's working when I don't see it, he's working when I don't feel it. in this place is so sweet. And I was standing back there. The Lord just reminded me that we just need to make sure that we're seeking Him. That we're not seeking what He can do for us. But seek His face. Because when we seek Him first and His kingdom, his righteousness, 
all of these things will be added. All of these things will be taken care of. And a lot of the times we seek for the feeling. We, we want to feel his presence. And there's nothing wrong with feeling his presence. But when we seek the feeling, it's, when, it's because we're trying to gratify us. Okay? We're trying to gratify this flesh. But we don't seek the feeling. We seek him. We seek him because we love him. We seek him for who he is. We seek him because he is God and we are not. And I know that many of us are going through situations and we would like to see those situations answered. We want to see the problems resolved. And so we're seeking. We're seeking for that to be done. And, and we're seeking for a touch when we need to be seeking him. He's working when I don't see it. He's working when I don't feel it. And a lot of the times what we're feeling is we're feeling shaken. We're being tossed by the storm. We're feeling our emotions. And we're seeking for him to feel his presence. And he said, I'm already there with you. I'm already there with you. I have never left you. I have never left you. I am by your side. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Margarita, for being sensitive to the Spirit. You know, we're still learning how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And we need to give each other grace. Amen? Because the Holy Ghost has to move through this flesh. And he's going to say things through you differently than he's going to say it through somebody else. And we've got to make sure that we're sensitive to respond to the moving of the Holy Ghost. And he confirmed it when I was standing back there. He said he wants to do something. He's able to do it. We just got to make sure that we let him. He's more than able and he's more than willing. Amen. He's so good. And, we, and it's a confirmation because we feel it in this place. We feel the presence of the Lord is so sweet. This is the atmosphere where things change. He's touched our hearts. He's prepared our hearts. And he's getting ready to do a great work. Amen. Amen. I want to remind everyone that uh, tonight, Spanish service, Pastor Brown will be preaching. There will be also adult fellowship classes at 6 p.m. Remember, our midweek um, service has been changed. We will not have midweek Bible study, English Bible study here on Wednesday, but instead um, our Spanish work will be having their midweek service on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. It will be held here um, because we have revival services with uh, Brother Aaron and Sister Jessica Wright. That is on Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. And also there's no, no Friday night service. No Friday night, just Thursday at 7.30. And then we have a split session on, on Saturday evening at 5 p.m. The men will be meeting with Brother Aaron Wright, and the ladies will be meeting with Sister Jessica Wright, and then we'll come together on Sunday at 10.30 for service. That Sunday after church, we will have our Memorial Day picnic at Paderewski Park. Please bring food, bring drinks. The grills will be available. We'll make sure to have that ready for you, and we'll just gather and have some some good fellowship. Before I, um, 
I ask for the offering to come up. I want to remind everyone of Prophecy Conference Northeast that is taking place on June 2nd through the 4th. We do need some help. We need uh, folks to help out, if possible, with registration. If you can help out with registration, please come and see Brother Brown or myself, and you will have um, a, a code, a discount code of 50% off for your registration. So please take advantage of that. You will not want to miss that. Brother Sam, um, can you queue up that prophecy conference video, please? You may be seated. online you can go to prophecynortheast.org and register there and if again if you uh, want to help out with uh, with the registration you will get 50% off so please come and see us so that we can give you that code so that you're able to get it for 50% off amen and before we take up our offering sister Maggie's gonna come to do a presentation amen Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, so many of us may know that Pastor Brown celebrated a birthday yesterday. So um, on behalf of the New Britain Church family, we wanted to present you with a special something. Amen. Happy birthday. No problem. We just want to say that we appreciate you, Pastor, for all that you have done. You've been a blessing to my family, my children, and my husband to come, who will be here soon, in yeah. Jesus' name. And um, I'm sure that the rest of our church family feels the same. Thank you so much. Amen. 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 Can you just turn 
47 yesterday. He don't look it. <laughs> Amen. We are so very blessed. Amen. Yesterday it was awesome. We had um, uh, one of my brothers come in from New Jersey. He is getting ready to uh, be restationed um, to North Carolina, and it was just great to have his tribe they they're six and we are six so we had a whole tribe <laughs> of people together and it was just great to be with family and have a great time and celebrate um pastor brown's birthday yesterday amen we love you sir amen man if we could all stand we're going to take up our offering this morning our tithes and offerings amen god is good Jesus, we thank you so much, oh God, for the opportunity that you've given us to be able to give, Lord, into your kingdom. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering, Lord, and those that give, uh, and those that are also not able to give. We ask that your blessings will pour upon your people, Lord. We thank you, oh God, for what you're going to do in advancing your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You have touched the hem of your God. I have felt the leaning of your hand, but today my eyes look much higher to see the face of the great More of you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. Come on, we can praise him. Hallelujah. Why don't we give him a hand clap of praise right now? God is good. Amen. I need more Jesus in this place. Amen. More of him. More of him. Thank you so much, um, everyone, for the birthday wishes and the gifts. Thank you so much. So blessed. Um, and uh, God has been good to me in my 47 years and uh amen i'm just trying to redeem the time and do everything i can for jesus while i have more time on this earth amen amen we'd like to welcome all of our guests once more and uh, it's good to have brother rosa back in service with us congratulations brother rosa and amen on the birth of ezra mateo rosa amen and we miss Sister Angie, but we know she's doing what she's supposed to be doing right now, and uh, she's probably watching online if she's not napping, and, uh, but we're, we're grateful uh, for the new addition to our family. Amen. 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 We give honor to Bishop Tryon this morning. Would, would you please turn with me to, uh, we're going to uh, read from Romans chapter 8, verse 31 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. There is a very sweet presence of the Lord that is in this place, and he's going to help us this morning. Amen? Um, but uh, we give honor to Bishop Tryon. You don't see him today because he is in Montville, Connecticut, preaching for Pastor Greeley. And we know that God is going to do amazing things down there. We're praying that God would use him mightily and confirm the word with signs following. Amen. I can't wait to hear about everything that happens. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I preached a message entitled, A Stone Called Ebenezer. Uh, thus far, the Lord has helped us. And this morning, we're going to parlay off of that a little bit. And last week, Bishop Tryon preached from Romans chapter 8, and he preached about how nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And this morning, we're going to parlay a little bit off of that, and we're going to take our text again from another verse in Romans chapter 8, which is such a rich chapter uh, for the Christian. Amen. Verse 31, Romans chapter 8. Again, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? To what things? To all the things that he's been talking about and, and uh, to the fact that we're elected and we're chosen and we're predestined by God. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'd like to just take my title from that phrase right there. If God... Before us. Amen. If God before us, would you put your Bibles down, your devices, whatever you've got the word on, and would you lift your hands to the Lord and would you lift up your voices and pray that God would show up in this place uh, uh, in a very manifest way? He's already here, but I believe He wants to show forth His glory in a greater way today. Lord Jesus, we ask, oh God, that you would be with us and that you would be our help today. We know your word is already anointed, but Lord, I'm asking for you anoint, to anoint these lips of clay, anoint this mind today, and anoint these ears. Let me be able to hear your spirit clearly. Let me be able to be aware of everything that is happening in the spirit realm and everything that you are doing, Lord, in this place. And right now, we take authority over every spirit, whether it be human or demonic, that is going to try and resist or oppose the speaking of your word or the moving of your spirit. We take authority by the blood of Jesus and in the name of Jesus and we command you to cease and desist right now we command every voice that is not the voice of God to be silent in the name of Jesus and Lord we ask that you would anoint our ears to hear your voice today anoint our minds to understand what thus saith the Lord and anoint our hearts to receive it and to respond as you would have us to respond and Lord we're asking that in the end everything that is said or done would give you glory that you would confirm your word with signs following and that you would do in this house what only you can do Jesus and we give you the glory we give you the honor and we give you the praise in Jesus name would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time hallelujah hallelujah I worship you Jesus praise the name of the Lord amen you may be seated in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The history of the Jewish nation from whom we take our 
very roots, the very roots of our belief system coming from the seed of Abraham. Uh, he, God handpicked Abraham and chose him and elected him and destined him to be the one through whom all the nations and all the families of the earth would be blessed. Uh, and uh, God said that I'm going to help you, Abraham. And as a result, you're going to help uh, the entire world. Uh, and truly, we know that that took place when Jesus came to this earth as uh, the seed of Abraham. And uh, he began to help us by bringing salvation. And truly, we know Jesus himself said it, that salvation uh, is of the Jews. That's what he told uh, the woman at the well. Salvation is uh, of the Jews and this father of many nations uh, became a vessel through which God could do uh, everything that he wanted to do but oh and over and over throughout scripture we see that God is helping the seed of Abraham and yet the history of the Jews is not one that is void of hardship or difficulty or struggle or trial in fact it has become sort of a jewish proverb that their people have always suffered but they've always survived and overcome it's just what they do but there is a misnomer in christendom today uh, there there's this kind of false doctrine spreading out there that once we become a christian which by the way happens when we obey acts chapter 2 and verse 38 by repenting of our sins being baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and receiving the gift of the holy ghost and you if you have not experienced every bit of that then you need to make it happen because that's how you are born again into the kingdom of God. Jesus said we must be born of water and spirit. And so we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the only saving name for the remission of our sins. And we must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. For Paul tells us also in Romans chapter 8 that if we have not the spirit of Christ, then we are none of his. And so if you have not obeyed the fullness of Acts chapter 2 and verse 30, yet you need to do it amen but once we've become a Christian it seems to be there's this misnomer or this misconception out there uh, that once I become a Christian everything is going to be hunky-dory in my life uh, that everything is going to be easy and we're going to have uh, uh, the Midas touch if you will and nothing but success and prosperity and and, and all of that good stuff is going to come our way uh, from that moment forward but yet Paul writes in the very same chapter from which we get our text he writes about the peril and the famine and the nakedness and the sword he talks about suffering and he talks about hardship Paul does not paint a pretty little euphoric picture of Christianity where everything is butterflies and rainbows and cookies and ice cream everywhere we look I 
uh, eating filet mignon and lobster tail and caviar and, and, and all these fine delicacies. That's not necessarily, and there's nothing wrong with those things. I love a good steak and, and I love good cookies and ice cream and, and I love the good things of life. But, but rather, Paul doesn't, doesn't highlight all of that in this chapter when he says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? He's rather highlighting the fact that we are going to have some suffering. We are going to have some trials. We are going to have some difficulties. We are going to have some famine and some nakedness and some peril and some attacks by the sword. We are going to have some times that are hard times. We are going to have some times that are times of war. But I'm reminded that the weapon may be formed against me. Nothing in the Bible says that you will never be attacked. Nothing in the Bible says that no weapon will ever be formed against you. Rather, it says that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And that is your heritage. And that is your inheritance. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. That is your heritage. But it doesn't say that no tongue will ever rise against you in judgment. And it doesn't say that no sword will ever be swung at your head and it never says that no dagger will ever be stabbed in your back and it doesn't say that nothing is ever going to be launched by the gates of hell against you it just says it won't work and it won't prosper because if God be for us then who can be against us Paul writes extensively about hardship and difficulty and suffering and persecution and warfare why? Because just like the Jews, life is not going to always be this euphoria of supernatural abundance and blessings and prosperity. Yes, God does bless his people, but that's not everything that's going to happen. Amen. The blessings and the riches of Christ are not always the comforts of the world. There are blessings. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And joy that is unspeakable, by the way, speaks of joy in the midst of circumstances that are not happy. Because joy is not really an emotion, it's a state of mind. Happiness is an emotion, but joy is a state of mind. And a matter of fact, Paul even said, I will think myself happy. In other words, I'm going to find the joy and I'll find the happiness even in the midst of all of the persecution and all of the sorrow and all the rejection and all the stonings and all the talking about me and all of that good stuff. I'm going to find joy in the midst of it somehow. Because joy is more than happiness. It's a feeling and a, and a state of mind of contentment and encouragement and peace and satisfaction and assurance that God is with me and that he is working all things together for my good. Whether they're good or whether they're bad, God is working all things together for my good and therefore I can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. As a matter of fact, Peter is the one. Amen. Peter is the one that wrote about unspeakable, about joy unspeakable and full of joy. But I'm reminded that in the verses preceding that, he was writing about the fiery trial of our faith that brings us heaviness through manifold, which means multidimensional or multifaceted temptations. 
When we are on trial by fire, the only way for us to truly and completely be tried and refined by the fire is for the fire to completely engulf us and to completely, the heat of that fire has to completely saturate every part of our being. And that's why he puts us in the refiner's fire and he puts us in that pot and he applies heat that we don't think we would be able to handle because he's got to get rid of some things in our life that are going to hinder us when we begin to walk in the promises of God that are over our lives. So when I am surrounded by fire on every side, then I can still have joy unspeakable and I can still have full, be full of glory. I can still have all of that. As a matter of fact, Peter or James, I believe, said, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations. Amen. I can have joy in the midst of my trials and in the midst of the fire and in the midst of my circumstances. God never promises I won't go through the fire. He actually promises that I'm going to go through the fire, but he promises that he's going to be with me in the fire. And no matter what comes my way, it's not going to hurt me, but it's going to help me because if my God is for me, then who can be against me? Hallelujah. Can I, can I just preach to somebody this morning that's going through the fire or going through the flood, but but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Since thou was precious in my sight. You're going through the fire because you're precious in his sight. You're not going through the fire because he doesn't love you. You're going through the fire because he loves you enough to refine you and mold you and shape you into someone. A vessel that is meet for the master's use. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. The fire through which you are now walking is simply serving to burn away the chaff, and the wood, and the hay, and the stubble, and all of the stuff that is not going to stand the test of time and all the stuff that is going to hinder you from walking in what God wants you to walk in and experience all of the blessings that God wants you to have. The fire is not meant to hurt you. It's meant to take away the stuff that is designed to hurt you. And the waters of the flood through which you are now passing are simply serving to wash away the stains that have been left on your life, whether it be because of sin or whether it be because of wounds. The waters through which you are passing are now serving to wipe away even the very stain that was left by the sin and by the wounds. And he is blessing you and he is washing you and he is refining you so that you're never going to look like what you've been through, so that you're never going to look like the water went over you because you're not even going to look wet when you come out of the fire you're just going to look clean and you're going to look glorious because he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing but a glorious church 
And the Lord says, these things, these fires and these floods are my visitation. I am visiting you so that I can prepare you to not only possess the promise that I have for you, but to remain in the land that I am giving you. I am, I am right now purging and pruning you, visiting you so that, I can, that you can bear not just more fruit, but much fruit. That, that, that my fruit will not only, see, because that's how God is glorified when we bear much fruit. And when we bear a little bit of fruit, he purges us and prunes us so we can bear more fruit. And as we go through that process over and over again, he gets us to a place where we can bear much fruit and that fruit shall remain. God doesn't want to give you a little bit of fruit that will not remain. He wants to give you fruit that is going to remain. He wants to give you fruit that's going to stick around a little bit. Fruit that's going to be durable. Fruit that's going to be something that you can live on. Fruit that's something that you can help others with. Fruit that's not only going to sustain you, but sustain others. But you got to go through the fire. You got to go through the flood. And you got to go through the pruning process. Therefore, the Lord is saying, do not despise the day of your visitation. Though it come by fire or flood or with pruning shears, do not despise the day of your visitation. For I am with you and I am for you. And if I am with you, then who can be against you? Would you clap your hands to the Lord this morning? He never promised that it would be an easy road. He just promised that he would walk the road with us. Oh, but there is peace that passes understanding. Oh, what a blessing it is. <laughs> but if there's peace that passes understanding, that means there are circumstances that would make it seem impossible for us to be at peace. If it's peace that passes understanding, there must be a storm going on. If there's peace that passes understanding, there must be terrors and attacks coming all around us. There must be in the midst of us and are surrounding us, there must be attacks where it would seem like to the naked eye or it would seem like to those who are looking at us and watching us to see if this Christianity is worth anything. It would seem to be, why is it that you could still have peace in the midst of all the stuff you're going through? But I'm reminded what Paul told the, the church at Philippi in Philippians 4 verses 6. Six through seven, he says, be careful or be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth understanding. All understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace that passes understanding can only come when we face circumstances that would make that peace seem impossible. And yet we can stand in the middle of the storm or we can stand in the midst of the heartbreak or we can stand when there are bombs going off all around us and the war wages hard on every front against us but there is this peace that comes over us and it keeps us from going crazy when everything around us is trying to drive us crazy come on somebody we are promised that victory is going to be ours. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Amen. He causes us to triumph. But can I tell somebody this morning that there is never a victory without some sort of battle? 
There will be battles that you don't have to fight that the Lord is going to fight for you, but there are going to be battles that he's going to cause you to fight. He's going to tell you to go down in the valley and fight. He's going to tell you to take up the sword of the Spirit. That's why he gave it to you in the first place. So there are going to be battles that he's going to fight for you, but there are going to be battles you're going to have to fight yourself, but there are going to be weapons that come against you. And one way or another, God's going to give you victory. He will cause us to triumph. Because despite the fact that we are attacked, we understand that God is for us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? And if God is for us, is there any weapon that can stand against us? And if God is working in our lives, is there anybody that could stop that work? I say no. There is nothing that can stop us and nothing that can separate us and nothing that can overcome us because we overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony there is victory because the God I serve has never lost a battle Oh, come on, somebody. He's God Almighty. There is nothing too hard for him. We heard it already. It's already been a theme in our service. There is nothing impossible for him. There is nothing too hard for him. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He always has been, and he always will be, because he's Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And if he did it before, then he'll do it again. And if he did it for Moses, he'll do it for you. And if he did it for Joshua he'll do it for you and if he did it for Peter he'll do it for you and if he did it for Paul he'll do it for you if God be for us hallelujah he's never lost a battle but Israel throughout their history Despite the fact that they were specially chosen and handpicked and selected by God, they were not exempt from hardship. Excuse me. In fact, God told Abraham, who was the father of many nations, in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13, he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them. And look at this. And they shall afflict them. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. <laughs> they shall afflict them. 400 years and so it was that long after Abraham died and even after his son Isaac had died and when Jacob was just about to die and they lived a long time back in those days that the children of Israel were rescued and they went down to Egypt and Joseph was already there and uh, he Joseph had been sent by God to Egypt to provide for them and to sustain them and save them from a famine that was coming in the land and so there were 70 descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that went down into Egypt it started out great they settled in the land of Goshen which was perfect for them because they were herdsmen they were shepherds they ra they raised livestock and and the Egyptians didn't want to bother with with livestock and, and sheep and all that stuff but they knew they needed them but they didn't want to deal with them so they kind of made a deal Pharaoh said you go take care of my sheep and yours and and we're gonna be all right and I'm gonna give you the good of all this land and nobody's gonna mess with you while you're down there and so it was it was a great thing it was a blessing and it was prosperity 
and it was peace, and it was favor in the beginning with Pharaoh. And the Bible says that they grew and they multiplied in Egypt, and the Lord kept on blessing them. But just before Joseph passed away, he prophesied that the Lord would visit them. God told Abraham that the people of the strange land would afflict his seed in a land that was not theirs. Egypt was not their promised land. Egypt was not the land that Abraham had walked to and fro through for all the years of his life once he left Haran. It was not the land that he was supposed to, that was not the promised land. Egypt was a temporary provision and a temporary uh, uh, help for the people of Israel, but Egypt was not the promised land. It was a land that was not theirs, but Abraham had walked the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of the the promised land and he knew what it was supposed to be he spent his years walking around and staking it and understanding that every place that the sole of his foot was going to tread upon that God was going to give it to him and to his seed Egypt was not the final destination can I just tell somebody this morning that just because you're in a place of comfort and prosperity does not mean that you're in the promised land yet You might be in a place of great provision right now for a season, but it might not be the promised land. Egypt was not their land. It was not what God had promised Abraham. But in Egypt, God multiplied and increased and strengthened Israel. Yet it was not the promised land. Your place of multiplication and your place of increase and even the place where you have gained strength might not even necessarily be your promised land. It could just be that God has hidden you. I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. It could be that God has hidden you in Egypt for a little while so that you can grow and multiply and increase and be strengthened until such time that he can send you to go and possess the land that he has promised you. So don't get comfortable in a place that is not yours. Don't get comfortable just because there might be comforts and just because there might be provision and just because there might be be a season of prosperity don't get comfortable because that might not be the promised land and so look at what joseph told his people before he died in genesis chapter 50 verses 24 and 25 joseph said unto his brethren i die and god will surely look at this he will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to abraham to isaac and to jacob and joseph took an oath of the children of israel saying god will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from hence i could preach from that all day long don't leave me here i want the promise don't leave me here don't leave me here in this land that's a strange land i want to be buried in the promised land hmm but Joseph was reminding them, Egypt is not the promised land. This is not where I want to be buried. This is not where I want to be rooted. I want to be rooted. I want to be buried. I want to be planted in the promised land. Oh, come on, somebody. And so Joseph prophesied, and he said, God is going to visit you one of these days. 
We, we, we get excited about the visitation. Oh, God's going to visit us. He's going to show up, and he's going to show out, and there's going to be a season of visitation, and all the bad stuff is going to go away, and all the good stuff is going to come into my lap, and there's going to be a great season of visitation, and we come into church service, and we feel the presence of God in a mighty way, and we get a beautiful touch of the Holy Ghost, and, and, and we get all excited, and we get pumped up, and we get on fire, but we never do anything with it, but we, we, we think that was the visitation. Visitation. We get satisfied with coming to church on a Sunday morning and get a little uh, Holy Ghost jigger jagger running up and down your spine, and you you get you get your little dance on for just a moment, and you get an emotional high in the Holy Ghost, and you think that's all there is to it. But God said that's not the visitation that I'm talking about. There is a visitation that is going to drive you back into the Promised Land. There is a visitation that is going to cause you to not be satisfied and not be settled with just a touch of my spirit. But I want to do. More and I want to transform you and I want to take you into all that I have for you and God is telling us do not settle for Egypt you see we think that that prophecy was fulfilled when Moses came to deliver Egypt and he came with all the plagues and the signs and the wonders and part in the Red Sea and all of that that wasn't the visitation. Oh, it got real quiet in here. God wanted to deliver Israel from Egypt. But the problem is they got comfortable in Egypt because God blessed them and he increased them. And he provided for them and he gave them places with pleasant boundaries and he gave them, he set everything up just right. And so Israel got comfortable in Egypt. But God wanted to get them out of Egypt because Egypt wasn't the promised land. He wanted to deliver them out of Egypt, but God's not going to deliver you out of a place that you want to stay in. I'm going to say that again. God will not deliver you from a place you want to stay in. You got an addiction? You can stay addicted as long as you want to stay addicted. But the minute you repent and the minute you, you turn to God, God will break free every chain off of your mind and off of your body. He'll break up all the chemical things that are desiring that stuff. He'll take away the withdrawals. He'll deal with you and he'll help you and he'll deliver you if you want to be delivered. But if you want to stay in your mess, he's going to let you stay in your mess. You got to want out. That's it, Brother Steve. You got to want out of Egypt. Sometimes we got to learn how to get sick and tired of where we're at. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. But here's the deal. Sometimes I need to get sick and tired of the prosperity that I'm in. Sometimes I need to get sick and tired of the comfort that I'm in. Because God is not interested in my comfort. I know the Holy Ghost is our comforter. But you only need a comforter if you need to be comforted. So he'll make you uncomfortable so he can comfort you. But if you let Egypt be your comforter, you don't need the Holy Ghost. And if you let money be your comforter, then you don't need God. 
And if you let relationships be your comforter, then you don't need the Holy Ghost to be your, your provider and your comforter and your helper. If, if, if every time you need help, all you do is call the government, then you don't need Jehovah Jireh. God wants to get us out of Egypt so he can take us to the promised land because the promised land flows with milk and honey. But Egypt just has leeks and onions and garlic and fish. But the promised land has milk and honey and clusters of grapes and fruit that are bigger than you can imagine. And fruit that can be much fruit that can remain and sustain. And God wants to give you so much more than leeks and onions and garlics and fish. So don't get comfortable in Egypt. But it's a device of the enemy. And I come to expose his tactics in the name of Jesus. The enemy wants you to get comfortable where you're at. Because he has squatted on land that is rightfully yours for generations and generations and generations. There are Hittites and Hivites and, and, and Canaanites that are living in the land that God told you was going to be your land. And you, but, but they don't, and he doesn't want to leave because he got comfortable settling and squatting on your land. But he has no right. He has no authority to stay in that land. And God is saying, if you'll get up, I'll bring you out of Egypt. I will visit you to get you out of Egypt so you can walk in the promised land. But the enemy wants to make you comfortable where you're at. Listen, the devil can bless you. The devil can't create anything. All he can do is imitate. And all he can do is react. But what the devil can do is he can give you a counterfeit blessing. That's why we got to have some discernment. God wants to. The devil will give you a counterfeit blessing to get you to settle for Egypt. And he'll let you be comfortable. And you'll think because I'm comfortable, I must be doing all right. God must be blessing me. Look how the Lord has blessed me. It might not be the Lord blessing you. It might be the devil. Initially, when you went to Egypt, it might have been a blessing. But if you get too comfortable in a place of temporary provision or a place of temporary blessing, you might just stay there and settle for it. When God is saying, I'm trying to take you from faith to faith and from glory to glory and from the dimension to dimension in my spirit. I'm trying to take you to higher levels. I'm trying to take you to deeper waters. Some of us need to learn how to swim out past the barrier reef, the reef and, and get out of the shallow water because I hear the spirit calling deep. He calleth unto deep right now. God is trying to take us further than we've ever ever been before because he's got greater things than we've ever experienced in, in store for us but he's got to get us uncomfortable so that we'll be willing to walk out of Egypt that's why the Bible says that that another king rose up in Egypt who knew not Joseph <laughs> But Romans chapter 9 and verse 17 tells us, this is Paul writing generations later. The scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. Talking to Pharaoh. 
that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared where? In Egypt? Throughout all the earth. If God just blesses you in Egypt and, and you stay there, he's never going to be able... If, if, if Abraham's seed had stayed in Egypt, they never would have been able to be a blessing to all nations like God had intended. But the problem is we get comfortable in Egypt. God raised up Pharaoh so he could show his power and that his name would be glorified throughout all the earth. And that's not talking about the Pharaoh that Joseph was under. That was talking about a different Pharaoh that we see in Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. By the way, sometimes the devil knows how strong you are before you know how strong you are. Sometimes the devil recognizes just how much God is in you before you recognize how much God is in you. And he knows greater is the one that is in you than the one that is than, than him, than the one that operates in the world, because God already threw him out of heaven. God already kicked him out. He saw him fall like lightning. He zapped him right back down to earth. Get out of here. You can't. And the highest level that the devil can operate in these days is the flesh. Is the earth. He has no authority or jurisdiction anywhere else. If he's going to even touch a saint of God, he has to go to heaven and, and ask for permission. One of these days I might preach when the devil goes to heaven. Mess up everybody's mind. Read the book of Job. That's what he did. But he had to get permission. But here's the thing. Pharaoh says, come on, let's deal wisely with them lest they multiply they'd already been multiplying but lest they multiply more and more and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land you see the enemy knows when he's got you where he wants you and he'll do everything he can to keep you there so sometimes he'll bless you to keep you there like he did the like he did the israelites in egypt but the Bible says that God rose up a Pharaoh, <laughs> a new king that didn't know Joseph. <laughs> it wasn't the devil that rose him up. Remember what Joseph said? God will surely visit you. <laughs> 430 years the Israelites dwelt in Egypt. <laughs> But the visitation was the new Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And he saw just how powerful the Israelites had become. And he came against them very hard. Why is the enemy fighting you so hard? Because he sees how powerful you are. And if he understands, if you ever get a hold of who you are in Christ, it spells the end for him in every territory he has possessed. It spells the end of him being able to enjoy all the blessings that God has put in store for you because the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. He knows, he knows that everything that he's been living in and every dominion and every power and every principality and every region and dimension that he's operating in, that he doesn't even, it's all usurped authority. He doesn't have any real authority authority in there anyway and he knows if the church of God would ever just realize how powerful and mighty they are that his time is up Pharaoh understood but that was God visiting them 
because God raised up Pharaoh. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 9. Paul rose up Pharaoh, and, and, and what did Pharaoh do? He put taskmasters on them, and he afflicted them. That's what God told Abraham. The affliction was the will of God. It don't feel good. It ain't comfortable. But the affliction was from God. Because he had to get them uncomfortable enough that they actually wanted to leave Egypt when Moses came. So just because you're uncomfortable right now does not mean that you are out of the will of God. Your uncomfortable state right now may be a visitation of the Holy Ghost to to get you to a place where you say, oh, I don't like this anymore. You know, it was comfortable for a little while, and I could have just settled here because the temptation is to just settle. The blessing of the enemy wants to get you to stop and not go forward anymore. But the Bible says that we're supposed to keep on moving forward. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, and that's not being forded up behind walls. That's going out and taking the land and taking the kingdom of heaven suffers violence but the violent take it by force that's getting up and getting your war clothes on and taking up the sword of the spirit and walking into the enemy's camp and taking back everything that the devil stole from you sometimes God has to get you uncomfortable enough to get up and fight because some of y'all don't want to fight you're too passive to fight you just want to sit back and wait on God to work it out for you but God is saying I need you to get up and walk out of Egypt It's time to get out of Egypt. It's time to get out of your comfort zone. It's time to walk into the promised land. It's time to get out of here. Don't sit out on your haunches. Sit back in your spiritual lazy boy recliner and say, God, here I am. Bless me. No, that's not the way it works. It's time for us to get to work, and it's time for us to go to war, and it's time for us to take this city. There's a revival coming in this land. There's a harvest coming in this city. But we got to go out and take it. If the harvest never gets reaped, then the fruit is going to rot on the vine. I don't want another fruit to rot on the vine on my watch. God make me uncomfortable enough to walk out of Egypt I know it's a dangerous prayer and some of you aren't liking it right now and some of you are even getting offended right now but God make me uncomfortable enough to get me up off of my recliner and get me walking where you want me to walk and fighting where you want me to fight because there's a land of milk and honey waiting And if God be for me, it doesn't matter whether I'm comfortable or not. Who can be against me? There's always a price tag on revival. There's always a price tag on a harvest. There's always a price tag for walking into the promised land. You're going to have to leave some things behind that you don't want to leave behind. You're going to have to cut some things out of your life that you don't want to cut out of your life. You're going to have to take some things off of your body that you don't want to take off of your body. You're going to have to do some things that you don't want to do. But that's the cost of revival. And so we got a decision to make.
Am I going to go hard after the blessings of God and after the God of the blessing? Or am I just going to sit back and be comfortable with the blessings of the devil? I feel the angel of the Lord in this place. I feel the Lord of heaven's armies in this place right now. God is trying to stir us up and get us out of our comfort zone so we can go to war and begin to take back everything the enemy stole from us. The visitation that Joseph had prophesied about came over Egypt because the affliction was their visitation. And the hardship was their visitation. And by the way, your trial is your visitation. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. Your trial is your visitation. Your circum now, if you got sin in your life, then it's your own doing. It still could be your visitation, but it might be your own doing. But if you're living right, if you're doing everything right, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're still undergoing affliction and you're still undergoing hardship and you still got difficulty that you don't understand and you still got storms raging in your life, it might just be a visitation of the Holy Ghost to make you uncomfortable enough. Some of you are squirming around in your seats right now because you're so uncomfortable with what's happening. God is trying to make you uncomfortable so he can get you to an altar of repentance so you can say here I am Lord send me wherever you want to send me here I am Lord I'm tired of settling for blessings that are counterfeit I want the real blessings I want the durable riches of the kingdom of God I want apostolic manifestation and apostolic revival and apostolic harvest I don't want the status quo anymore I want everything that God has for us and when I step up and put my armor, would you stand with me? And when I step up and put my armor on and I allow God to begin to order my steps, I can walk into every battle and know that I'm going to have victory. If God be for me. But you see, they came out of Egypt and they walked into the... And there were miracles and signs and wonders and all kinds of great stuff. And while they were in the wilderness, they got water from a rock in the driest places of the desert. And while they were in the wilderness, they got meat for the asking. And while they were in the wilderness, they got manna that fell out of heaven. And while they were in the wilderness, their clothes did not wear out. And their sandals didn't fall apart. And no matter how many enemies were out there, they didn't have to fight them until God said something to Moses. And this is where I feel we're at right now. Deuteronomy. Oh, Jesus, I feel your spirit right now. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I want you to listen to the Spirit. Are you hearing what the Spirit is saying to you this morning? We turned, took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spake to me. Moses said, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. They walked around in circles around that mountain for days, many, many days, for a long time. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, ye have compassed this mountain Long enough. Turn you 
northward. I came to tell somebody uh, that we have compassed this mountain uh, long enough. Uh, they had been walking around in circles for 38 years. Uh, it was supposed to take them 40 days to get into the promised land, but because of their unbelief and the hardness of their heart, they had to walk around the wilderness for 40 years. And they had been there for 38 years up until that point. And God said, Moses, it's time to turn northward. It's time to begin to walk again. I, I know that, that, that this generation that, that, that was full of unbelief, belief and hardness of heart they've passed away it's now time to get ready to go in and possess the land and and the bible says that they turn northward and moses said there's getting ready to be a transition but we got to take care of some things before the transition and so they went into a battle against some places and in deuteronomy 2 24 and 25 rise ye up the lord said take your journey and pass over the river arnon behold i have given into thy hand sion the amorite king of heshbon and his land begin to possess it and contend with him in battle in other words go to war Go fight. This day I will begin to put the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the nations that are under the whole heaven who shall hear report of thee and shall tremble and be in anguish because of thee. And when you drop down to verse 31, he says, The Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sion and his land before thee. Begin to possess that thou may inherit his land. And Sion came out against him because the devil's not going to give up easily. When you begin to march he's going to step up and he's going to fight back because he doesn't want to be dis dispossessed from the land that he has possessed for so long he doesn't want to be evicted out of the land that he's squatting on but if my God is for me then who can be against me I've come past this mountain long enough and I'm ready to go possess the promises of God He said, from that city, verse 36, that is by the river, even unto Gilead, there was not, look at this, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all unto us. I came to tell somebody, there's not one devil that can stop you. There's not one city you can't possess. There's not one wall around a city that won't fall down flat. There's not one enemy that can stand before you. Because if my God is for me, then who can be? against me it is time to go in and possess the land walled cities and fenced cities and, and cities that had great armies and cities that had chariots of iron it did not matter God said not one city was too strong for them now I'm thankful that God has begun to give us victory in New Britain and for the last 30 years God has caused Bishop and Sister Tryon to do such an amazing work in this church and led us to a place of, of great victory. But God is not done yet. And I'm thankful they're still around. And I'm thankful that we've got their guidance. But there came a time when there was a transition and Joshua took over. It was a relay race. And I'm almost done. I'm, I'm going to let you. We're going to come to the altar in just a minute. And the baton was passed. And the next runner took over and ran. When I ran relay races and track, this is what happened. My coach had a couple of rules. One of the rules was when you have the baton, you run as hard and as fast as you can, and you don't leave any energy left over. The second one is you pass the baton successfully to the next runner. And the third one is when you're done, you cheer and you stand and you cheer on the other runner as they're, the other runners as they're running. Those were his three rules. 
And you know what? We won a lot of track meets because every one of us gave everything we had while we had the baton in our hands. And when it was our turn to pass it on, we were not afraid to pass on the baton. And when we passed the baton, we stood there and we cheered on the next runner and the next runner until the race was done. And that's the way, that's what's happening in the spirit realm right now, right here in this church and in New Britain. God has passed the baton on and for 30 years, Bishop and Sister Trine has run, have run as the pastors of this church as hard and as fast as they could and God has been with them and God has helped them and God has brought us to the brink of the promised land but now and I'm grateful for everything that they've done I'm so grateful that they're still around and they're still cheering us on thank you sister trying and bishop trying for your prayers and your support and I'm grateful that they're still here because I need their voice in my life I need I need their voices we need their voices in this church and we're grateful for it but now they're standing in a row where they're cheering us on and now it's time for us to take the baton and run into the promised land. We have compassed this mountain long enough. Now it is time to go in and possess the promises, the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the revival that God has promised over and over again. We are going to go and we are going to possess it. And I commit to you this day that I will run as hard as I can for as long as I have this race to run. I will give it everything the way that Bishop Tryon has given it everything. I might not do everything the same way he did, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my best and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that we go and possess the land and possess the promises because God has greater things in store for you and for this city. Clap your hands unto the Lord. There are battles yet to be won. There are victories yet, yet for us to reap. There are harvests yet to reap. And God is going to do it as we decide that we're not going to stay in Egypt and we're not going to stay in the wilderness and be comfortable with manna. Because there's a land of milk and honey to go for. In the name of Jesus. Sister Melanie, would you come? There is a call in the spirit right now for us to get out of our comfort zones and for us to move forward and for us to allow God to lead us into battle. He is a man of war and he wants to lead us to victory. There is a call for us to get out of the shallow waters and swim out in the deep waters. There is a call in the spirit right now for us to go and put our armor on and get up and walk onto the battlefield and slay every Goliath that stands in our path and take every city that stands in our way. I don't care if the walls are thick enough for seven chariots to race around they'll fall if God said they're gonna fall the altars are open if you want to find a place right now to come down here and say here I am Lord where do you want me to go what do you want me to do in the name of Jesus there are victories awaiting you there's a promise awaiting you are you willing to step out of your comfort zone are you willing to be uncomfortable Are you willing 
to allow the Lord to lead you out of Egypt so he can lead you into the Canaan's land. I don't want counterfeit blessings anymore. I don't want counterfeit blessings. I'm not going to settle for leeks and garlics and onions and fish in Egypt. I'm ready for the land that flows with milk and honey. I'm ready for the clusters of grape that I can't even imagine. I'm ready for fruit that will remain. I'm ready for fruit that will not only sustain me but allow me to sustain others. I'm ready for durable riches in the kingdom of God. I don't want to stay in Egypt and I don't want to keep wandering around in the wilderness. Lord, if you got to make me uncomfortable, then make me uncomfortable. If i got to sacrifice then I'll sacrifice I'm willing to pay the price is there anybody in the house that is willing to pray that prayer I know it won't be every one of you but I wish to God that it would be every one of you are you willing to pay the price I can assure you that if you're willing to pay the price God will reward will reward you greatly And more than you can fathom, more than you can imagine. Because the promised land is so much better than Egypt that you can't even imagine it right now. But revival has a price tag. And if we're gonna have apostolic revival and apostolic manifestation, we gotta be willing to pay the price. If we're going to see what they saw in the early church, then we're going to have to be willing to pay the prices that they paid. Peter and John, well, actually James and John's mother asked if one of them could sit on his right hand and the other one could sit on his left hand. And Jesus' response was, can you drink the cup that I drink of? And that's what Paul was talking about when he said, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I don't consider myself to have attained just yet. But if by any means that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of of his suffering and can I tell you you can never see resurrection power without their first being death that's why we got to pray I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and this life I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me that's why I got to present my body every day as a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto him which is my reasonable service that's why I've got to look at the Lord every single day and say I know my life is not my own because you bought me with a price and that price was your blood and whatever the price is that I want to pay that you're asking me to pay is nothing compared to the price that you paid when you went to Calvary and when you shed your blood. Come on and reach out to the Lord right now. 
Come on, there needs to be some consecration and there needs to be some determination right now. God is drafting some soldiers into his army right now. God is drafting some soldiers into his army right now. Will you answer the call? God is trying to get you to stand up. God is trying to get you to walk out of Egypt. God is trying to get you to, to get away from that mountain and walk forward into the promised land. It's time to turn north and go into the promised land. And I can promise you that not one city will be too strong for you because if my God is for me, then who can be against me? Oh! 
our God is greater, oh, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other, oh, our God is healer, awesome in power. God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? What could stand against us? Our God is greater, oh, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Oh, our God is healer, our summon power. Listen, God is still moving. God is still moving right now. Let's continue reaching out to Him. Let's continue. God is still moving right now. Hallelujah. 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 There's still a call that's hovering over right now. There's still a call. I know there's some of you that are resisting it. Some of you are weighing in your mind whether or not you want to pay that price. And that's all right because Jesus advises us to count the cost. But I'm telling you right now, don't wait too long. Don't count for too long. Make up your decision because you don't want to miss it when we move into the promised land. You don't want to be left in the wilderness when God turns his people forward count the cost do it but I'm praying that you make the right decision I'm praying that you will find that every price that God asks you to pay is just minimal in comparison to what he's going to give you God is for us, 
Then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? What could stand against us? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? What could stand against us? Water you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. such conviction in the house right now and that what a beautiful powerful presence of the Lord is here but there's also conviction in the house because God is giving a warning he doesn't want to move on without all of us you understand each and every one of us are, are part of the body of Christ and he doesn't want to leave anyone behind but when it was time for that cloud to move, when it was the time for it to move, and the Lord told them to move, they went, and the rock followed them. The rock that provided the water followed them in the wilderness. It followed them. It didn't stay there. And God doesn't want to leave anyone behind in the wilderness. If God is moving, we need to move with him. Because we don't want to be left in the darkness. We don't want to be left in the wilderness without any hope, without any help from the Lord, without any water in the desert. And he is the fount of living water. And I feel it so strongly right now that there is conviction in the house because God is not done. He is not done. He's 
not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Each and every one of us, we have to make sure that we are repentant before the Lord. Lord, don't go without me. Don't go without me. Like Moses said, if you're not going, I'm not going, Jesus. If your presence is not going before, then I'm not moving. And this morning before service began, the Lord said, I go before you. He told us, I go before you. I'm the one that's ahead. I'm the one that is leading you. I am one that is the, the one that is guiding you. I'm the one that goes before you. And I hear the voice of the Lord saying that even now. It is I. It is I, the Lord, that goes before thee. <laughs> And while we're able to feel the conviction of the Lord, we need to just receive it. Receive it and be open to him. I know, I know it's new territory. It's, it's never been treaded upon before. Something I saw today that I re, it was reminded, the Lord reminded me today as Pastor Brown was talking, Abraham had walked that land. He had walked that land. He walked that land before his children ever, ever possessed it. He knew that that was the land that the Lord gave him. And he prayed over that land, and he made provision because he dug wells. His son dug wells, and his sons dug wells. You understand? Generation after generation, they dug wells. He made provision. He prayed over that land. And the Lord gave him that land, and he walked around that land. Abraham did his first prayer walk. He was the first person to ever do a prayer walk. And he claimed that. He claimed that before the planter came. And that's what Bishop and Sister Tryon have done. These 30 years, they have walked around the land. They have planted. They have planted. They have prayed. And we need to make sure that, that the right rain, that healing rain of the Holy Ghost is what falls upon this land in New Britain. We don't want bitterness. We don't want strife. We don't want envy. We don't want any contention, any of that. We want the Holy Ghost rain. We want healing rain to fall upon you, Britain. There are so many in you, Britain, that are hurting, that are crying out for help. And we need to make sure that we are the ones that are aligned properly because we are the ones that are leading the way. Jesus. Those prayers were not in vain, Bishop, Sister Tryon. Those prayers are not in vain. Prayers do not die. Prayers do not die. Prayers do not die. Over every person that they have been prayed over, every prodigal in New Britain, every prodigal around the surrounding areas, those prayers have not died. They are still. 
still going forth before the Lord as precious incense. There's so much I want to say. But God is the one who is leading this church. God is the one who is leading this church. God is the one that's leading this church. You may see a man, you may see a woman next to the man, but it's not us, people. It's God who's leading this church. It is his church. This is his church. This is not the Browns church. This is not the Triumph's church. This is God's church. We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. I'm alongside of you. I just want to work right beside you. I want to help you up when you are down. I just want to lift you up. I want to say, I'm here. I'm praying for you. I know what you're going through, and God's got you exactly where you are. He's got you. We are his sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture, and God has called us into this beautiful body to work together, to, to supply that which every member needs. We have something to offer to the body of Christ. Each and every one of us. And we are to work in harmony, in unity. That means everybody plays a different part, but we complement each other. We help each other out. The blood of Jesus Christ flows through you, and it flows to me. There's something that you have to offer to me that I cannot offer to myself because I'm not alone. I'm a part of this body, and I need you, and you need me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our hands to the Lord one more time. Jesus, we hear your call, O oh God. We feel your call, Lord God, and we feel your presence ever so near, oh God. We feel your presence ever so near, and we're so thankful, Lord God, that we're not going by ourselves. 
Lord, we don't want to go if you don't go. We, we know, oh God, that you're the one that goes before us. You told us you're the one that goes before us. So Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to follow you wherever you go, wherever you go, whatever you do, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you and to just do what you ask us to do, oh God. Thank you for the blessings that you've bestowed upon your people today, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for the callings, the giftings, Lord, that you have reestablished in, in people's lives today, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we are not alone, Lord, that we are not an island by itself, but, Lord, that you have placed us within a family, within the body of Christ to minister to one another. Thank you, Lord, for going before us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to do your perfect will always. We thank you, God. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's still a beautiful presence of the Lord. If you would like to remain and pray, you may do so, but you are dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Who am I that the highest would welcome? I was lost, but he brought me his love for you. Yes, he 